This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to Audible.com slash podcast today for details. Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Pottercast number 142. Again, I am Melissa. I'm here with John. With John. I just said that, didn't I? You did. I'm here. I always say John and Sue. I'm here with Sue and Frack, our guests. Our guest host who's hang- he's hanging out with us while John is off getting his college degree. How dare he? <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you for coming back, Frack. And oh, I have a great time. As always, the lovely Sue. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Susie. Always happy. Um, Scary. <laughs> Well, it's been a busy week, I think, in Harry Potter, the Harry Potter world. So this week we have for you a bit by bit as we continue our discussion of the Deathly Hallows, Mm -hmm. Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows, and the return of canon conundrums. Yeah, we were actually talking right before we were recording and something just sounded like a great conundrum. And so we we thought we'd tackle it here on here on podcast. Yeah. As we do. As we do. Frack is your first conundrum. Yeah. It's one of my favorite segments ever, so I'm Lated. quite elated well, to, to hear your argument. The question, mm-hmm. guys, is what house was Professor Umbridge in? And everybody's going, Slytherin! Dun, Slytherin! Dun, dun, dun. She's a Slytherin! Dun. I know, she's a Slytherin! Why are you having a conundrum on that? She's a Slytherin! What are you, stupid? However, However, you wait. You wait. These guys had arguments, so I said, let's do a conundrum. Yep. Quite it's valid arguments. We the the show. What's happening this oh, well, week we've, in the world of the Harry Potter news? We've had actually a little bit of news. There's been a bit, little bit of a lull, but we've heard from Miss Joe, who gave a very short um, interview with the, uh, the Telegraph newspaper, where she confirms that she is writing her children's book, and um, wow. so, and she's yes, and she's still at work at it, and she's writing back in the in the Edinburgh. Cafes again, like she did when she wrote the Harry Potter series. Aww. So, if you're in the streets and the, wandering through the town of Edinburgh, you never know where Joe may be writing the cafe. There she is. I thought that I love it. People coming up on the window, tap it on the window. <laughs> it's Can Joe rolling in there, waving, waving the hands. <laughs> you know? We should record over like, there and just bump into our next me. It's funny. You know? I could always use some espresso. All- oh, coffee sounds so good right now. I have some. Huh? But you wouldn't what? you like want to be like, like, what if you're like a, one of those cafe workers? Like, say you're at Starbucks and there you see Joe coming in there. <laughs> oh Joe, my gosh. can I serve you, Joe? Here, please. Can I bow at your feet? I don't know. Oh. I'd throw all the coffee. I'd just bring her coffee every two seconds. I just keep, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, that one's less hot than this one. Take that one. You know, <laughs> like go through a month of my employee coffee. Just, yeah. 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 It could be really funny. Um, we, she also updated her website. What's that? She also updated her website. Yes, she did. We didn't get to talk about this last week. What was it? What was it about again? She said that she's not on MySpace. She's not on Bebo. She's not on Facebook. <laughs> but in a bright, shiny alternate universe, she might be. But no. meanwhile, on planet Earth, I, the dull human being Joe Rowling has not got a profile. Well, I just, I just wonder. I mean, what made her make just that update just that day? I, because it was kind of a random 
little one-off update. Hey, by the way, yeah. <laughs> you know, so what happened to make her say that is what I want to know. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know because uh, that's just so because there's been a slew on my MySpace of like, I'm Joe Rowling, fake <laughs> things. I mean, all the actors, you know, they say that, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. I talk to Dan Ratcliffe all the time. Well, no, you don't. But, you know, I mean, Emma Watson right. is the first of the cast to have an official site. And and if Emma Watson is is well the first of the trio first of the trio yes I'm sorry I should take that you're right yeah. right because yeah. like Jamie Waylett had one and and, mm-hmm. and I know that um, Matt Lewis Stephen Murray yes right yeah so and, and Chris Rankin has his own one out there mm-hmm. and those are official but but like you know because you can imagine how many people say yeah me and Joe I mean we talk about John all the time but you know <laughs> you're not hanging Joe does not hang on Bebo and or you know <laughs> MySpace do all that kind of thing it's just it's funny. I, I just think it's so funny that there's people actually out there who legitimately think that they're pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get rolling. It's like, oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, I mean, who, who, who are you and, and what has made you want to do this with your life? Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, why would you ever be, what am I, I'm bored today. I think I'll pretend to be JK Rowling <laughs> and set up a, and set up a MySpace, you know? <laughs> I'm just, oh. I'm feeling neglected. I think I'll pretend to be a billionaire. Nobody will ever no, know. Ever no. Because billionaires that are extremely talented and have such busy schedules have no other reason to design crappy MySpace pages. Mm. So. Yeah. Oh my god, J.K. Rowling friended me. <laughs> I'm going to poke J.K. Rowling. Poke poke, poke. And then I'm going to throw a sheep at her and all the different things you can do on Facebook. You can do all this little app thing of super poke. You can dance. You can like buy beer. Throw sheep. Yeah. I threw a sheep at Melissa the other day. There's an excellent... Jackie Rowling took the sorting excellent... hat test. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 how is she in? I don't know. She, Look, she said that she, she thinks she would be in Ravenclaw, but since she wrote the story, she picks Gryffindor and she gets to be in Gryffindor. I remember her saying that somewhere, which I always thought was cute. She could be a Hufflepuff. Yeah. We'd take her in. You know, just say Of course it. you would. Know. You think? That's the whole Hufflepuff <laughs> mantra. It is. If you wouldn't, you wouldn't be Hufflepuff. That's uh, true. That's true. That's like um, somebody said to me once, actually Andrew Slack, who runs the HP Alliance, said this, that he was arguing with somebody about whether who was more humble about a certain award they had gotten. And because somebody said, well, I'm more humbled and I'm more humbled. And they kept saying it back and forth, um, meaning it. Like they kept responding to each other's answer Gosh. with, oh, I'm so humbled and honored that blah, 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 blah. And they said, it's so, it's so stupid because the winner of a humility contest would have to immediately concede the Yes, <laughs> exactly. And hand it over to the next guy. It was so funny to me. So, That's yeah, ridiculous. it's like one of those things. I'm the most humble person I know. It's like, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Mm. Mm-hmm. funny. Um, there's a very funny and also R rated YouTube video about what the mice. It, some of you know, parents keep your kids from, <laughs> from watching at the end. The end five seconds are not the best um, ever, but it's really funny about all the websites at a party. Yes. Oh my gosh, and, that is pretty funny. Have you yes. seen it? Yeah. It's it, Google and Facebook, and Facebook goes around poking people, <laughs> and, and Wikipedia goes around with, with a notebook and <laughs> saying, you know, are we in a den? What's a den? And so, <laughs> the person looks nervous. They say, just tell her anything. She doesn't really care. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh. So look that up. All right. So anyway, back on topic. Back on topic. Well, we are briefly mentioned in the cast, and we have heard a bit, a slight bit of news about filming. It's actually going on. And Helen McRory is filming this week as Narcissa Malfoy. Woohoo! Yes, her husband. So I guess they're doing... Spinner's Zen, right? 
I'm so yeah, excited it must be. to see. I want her to see her in Deathly Hollow so bad because I I I just finished book seven again, and that last that last chunk of that book is just so amazing, and uh, like so much of it of like that story is just depends on like a mother's love, you know, whether it was Harry's mom, mm-hmm. like or it was Lily or Narcissa. The fact that she lied to Voldemort about you know Harry not being dead. Like, imagine if she was honest. That would have changed the whole ending of the story. You know what I mean? It, like, it's just amazing. No, Deathly Hollow was, was a giant, like, Mother's Day gift. <laughs> That's a great so, way to put it. Yeah. And it, it really is. Yeah, you know? especially with, like, Molly, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Molly's so cool. Oh, brilliant. I can't wait for that. And it was one of those things that made me kind of, like, smack myself on the head and think, why didn't I get this about Joe's writing before? That it basically all comes down to being a mother and being a good mother at that, yeah. you know, the, it couldn't have happened if people, if certain people weren't good mothers, yep. <laughs> so, you know, no, but it's so, but I think that I, I'm looking forward to her performance as Narcissa. I mean, that the yeah. fact that they're putting in, I yeah. think it'll just be just, oh, well, this is probably going to be very fast. I don't, I don't know. She's not going to be in the no. end. No, because she she's not a. It's, it's, do you think do you think Narcissa is an actual Death Eater? No, no, I don't, no, I don't think. She I is. think I think that's been asked somewhere, or maybe it was. I just read it on like a fan site or something, uh, like a, someone's live journal about that and how like she just kind of supports um, Lucius. Yeah, yeah, Lucius, and yeah. then she kind of. I I always took it kind of like. Um, What's the face? Uh, Sirius's parents. How, like, they weren't Death oh, Eaters, right. but they supported the whole, like, pureblood mantra yeah. and yeah. everything like that. So. Yeah. And they were fine with all the killing and whatnot. Or it's just one of those things that's kind of like, well, it's a necessary evil, or they just kind of turn their... I don't know. But, yeah, I don't think she's a Death Eater. Can I just say this, though, about the report about Helen McCrory? Um, her husband, Damien Lewis, who's a marvelous actor. If, I don't know if you ever saw oh, the yes. um, miniseries Band of Brothers, which did was just phenomenal but he was in that but um he was on the talk show and he said that helen's been going around on all the blogs websites so she could have come to leaky and i just want to say you're welcome to come on leaky anytime just saying shameless plug you so wait she's been going around reading what everybody's been saying yes about her? yes that could be dangerous for an actress <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> don't do it <laughs> ellen mccrory go don't <laughs> Please don't take us as the general population <laughs> because, you know, people get very, very passionate sure and the people who have the negative opinions are sometimes more vocal or most yeah. times more vocal than the people. Especially in the you internet. Know, so it's not... No. Yeah. Anonymity is so no. powerful. And it's <laughs> not like people on Leaky yeah. obsess about every minor thing like commas or anything like that. So. Yeah. But uh, hey, if she, can, if she can handle it, the more power yeah. to her. If she's got enough security to not be freaked out yeah. by... By that, that's yeah, true. Excellent, it's excellent. <laughs> it is. Um, and one other bit of news: um, Ray Fiennes has confined that he is not going to be back as Voldemort Papla Prince. But I think we all kind of just reckon that. But he hasn't signed yet huh? for Deathly Hallows. He's not going to be a. Well, my question about Wait. that then is: that are they not? Are they not showing the Voldemort's request chapter? No. Well, he what he said is that the older Voldemort is going to be pl- played by the um, that Frank Delane. But they, but I don't think that that. I guess that means that he would still even be too young for the Voldemort's request. So, wait, 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 wait. what happened? Wait, he's not going to you know be Voldemort's in which, request in which movie? Hapla Prince. Well, he's not in six. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I, I could have really sworn you said Deathly Hallows. Okay. Oh, but he hasn't signed yet for that. He said, there was two things. He did not. He's he confirmed he's not going to be back for Hapla Prince, and he has not yet signed for Deathly Hallows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is fine. You yeah. know. 
they'll get him for Death oh, yeah, Hallows. I'm not, you know. He was actually very complimentary well, about both the movies, though. I mean, he said he really enjoyed working with Mike Newell because he had that big reveal and, you know, Voldemort coming out of the grave and he, you know, being reborn that or whatever he was awesome in the pot. Yeah. 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 But um, he was actually very complimentary about the style of David Yates. So I don't know if the rumors hold true that Yates does direct Deathly Hallows. So, you know. I really enjoyed um, the fifth one and I, I've been surprised to hear some negative things about David Yates, like from just random people. And I'm, I was just, I never, I was like, I really liked it, but I'm, I'm biased because that's my favorite book. So I think yeah. I just really like the movie. Well, again, you're hanging out on the internet. Yeah. That's your problem. <laughs> when will you learn, Case Pratt? in point. Check in, mate. When will you learn? <laughs> no. no, because we are, we're the people who are going to love it or hate right. it. Whereas, but if you talk, I think maybe in the general that's true. public, yeah. I've really never heard much else than, <laughs> oh, it was great. There was some glass flying everywhere. So cool. You know. Oh, wait, like listen, that. listen to this. Did you hear that? I just opened a bottle of Pellegrino. I'm so happy. Oh, frack. I miss... <laughs> I miss this, this makes me miss Frack's California... My Pellegrino. ...abode. It's all he drinks is Pellegrino. <laughs> I like California it because it sounds it. like a spell. Pellegrino! <laughs> a water spell. A new one. We've learned. Thanks to Frack. <laughs> that would be an awesome spell to make water bubbly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. okay can, can I? You know, we're talking about the internet. <clears throat> Internets are known for the spread of rumors, especially when posted by tabloid newspapers in the UK. And this week, we saw Aww. one, a couple of ludicrous things. <laughs> I love, I love. This. I, okay, first, we're going to talk about that. That first, the Sun claimed that first there was streaking interrupted this night shooting on Hapla Prince. Two guys were showed up and they were streaking through this. Well, but they had pictures. Of yeah. That. And I think I think that's actually true that, um, well, because the guy had apparently had called in on the BBC radio or something, but I don't know. But then the son kind of claimed that there was these crazy death threats. And then the best part of all <laughs> is that the now Dan Ratcliffe's dogs need special security because he's like J-Lo. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I mean, beyond, beyond the pale. <laughs> I love it. We're going to get those SAS cards for, get, you know, for his two dogs. That's my favorite. I mean, are they bored? Have we given them nothing to write about for a while? Apparently so. <laughs> we lost Frack. He's gone. Dog security. Dan, are you okay there, Frack? Killed him. Usually it's me who dies, and now we've killed Frack. I'm we've imagining these Frack. little British dogs with fuzzy hats. Who <laughs> guard these dogs? <laughs> I'm laughing so hard that I just called you John. (laughs) So he has little Bobby dog guards, is what you're saying. (laughs) Oh, I got. You think dog security, literally, in other words. Oh, I got it. Okay. That was way too. (laughs) Dogs in funny hats. Okay, Frack, that'll be your challenge this week is to draw those dogs. Okay, that's our new challenge. Oh, we? I love it. I should draw it real quick. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, wow. So, I'm no. sorry. That was a tangent. Dan, Dan Ratcliffe's dogs not in the care of the Secret Service. No. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Established. It's just oh, man. too funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, yeah, the thank God. Yeah. For senses of humor, yeah, because the tabloids, man, <laughs> oh, they're just 
They just make stuff up. I mean, what's the matter with them? You know, I mean, that saying all that stuff about Dan was just, uh, you know, I mean, come on. And then, then the dogs. It's just beyond, you know, people. That's funny. Well, it goes in the, in the kind of like, at least they weren't saying that he is threatening the lives of his dogs. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's true. <laughs> it's, a, it's a better rumor than, than, than something about him, mm-hmm. you know. So. Or his dogs are streaking. <laughs> Or his dogs are streaking. That's it. You've cracked the case. (laughs) The tenacity of those dogs to walk around in their birthday (laughs) suit. And their fuzzy hats. The what? Wearing nothing but their their fuzzy hats. hats. That's it. Well, those are the bodyguards (laughs) to protect them. The little British dog. (laughs) (laughs) Just too funny. You know what the hats I mean? Like those fuzzy, like the the fuzzy hats, the the guards. The chin strap. Yeah, like you see a Buckingham Palace, you know, in the Bobbies. Exactly. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, right. Okay. Okay. Wow. Is there anything um, else of importance? Well, I don't know. By the time we're recording this, I, um, Emma Watson had updated that she's going to be attending the Empire Magazine Awards, and she's hoping it'll be a good night for Potter. Um, Harry Potter was nominated for six awards, and I'm assuming, I think, because those are fan-voted, fan-choice, I think that Harry Potter mm-hmm. will probably have won one thing, at least. So, okay, that's it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, done. I'm still going to go think about those dogs. Kind of in shock. Okay, so why don't we go on and do um, our bit by bit. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like Pottercast. Log on to Audible.com slash Pottercast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to Audible.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. Welcome to Bit by Bit, where we take Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows and take it apart bit by bit. No, we don't really take it apart. Well, we look at we it. give a closer look. So, bit by bit, what's happening? We've just been at the wedding of Bill and Flew, <gasps> and at the wedding, and suddenly there was chaos, and the dramatic words as the Silver Patronus Ooh, showed up and said, dead. the ministry has fallen, Scrimshaw's dead, they are coming. They are coming. They are coming. It's just such a cool image, too, because of like this light, like silvery Patronus just kind of landing and then saying it and then just kind of evaporating into mist. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the guy who, who ran the first marathon. Yeah. He ran the 26 and a half miles and then he... 26.2 miles, and then he, he said, we won, and then died. You know, it's, it's like that. You, you, you give the message, and you, you're gone. Yeah. You evaporate. It's like, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is cool. And apparently, Hermione's been practicing. Yes, she day. has, because, whoop, we start that next chapter. Bam. Well, we literally, I mean, we literally, literally. You open this chapter, and, all, and people are disappearing. People, there's, like a, there's like a moment of silence. There's a scream. People are disappearing. Yes. People are appearing. Total chaos. Everybody's trying to find their loved ones. Harry and Hermione are trying to hold on to each other not to get separated. Right. Hermione's like sobbing, looking it's for so Ron. So intense. Yes. You know, it is. It just it really took from that happy moment and it went to complete chaos. You know, it just she just really turned it just like on the drop of a dime, and it was so. And you get that sense, that sense of panic. You know, that everybody and that's what you would do. You would cling to the people. You know. And obviously, their desire is to protect Harry, too, obviously, because they knew that he's the most. But then I thought it was kind of neat that that Hermione is going for Hermione is just, just like, 
Oh, so you know? amazing. And, and especially throughout this book, like she just really shines in this book because they wouldn't have gotten oh, she's anywhere yeah. literally yeah. without her. She has literally been practicing the scenario yeah. in her head. She's stacked up all the books. She's gotten all their stuff ready. She has Harry's cloak. She has a change of clothes. She, like, she among the three of them, knows the reality of what's going to happen. They're not going to have a chance to react. Yeah. No. I mean, if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for that, they would have been dead right there. Right. You know, but she grabs him. She take, takes him right into Muggle London. That had to have taken premeditations. Yeah. Yeah, because she said it was the first thing that popped in her head. Muggle that was, place, you know? You know? No. Because she vacationed there or something, and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just the fact that in like a moment of panic, her first instinct is do something that intelligent. It's just amazing, right? Tottenham. It's that uh, okay, Tottenham Court Road. So she's hiding in plain mm-hmm. sight. I thought that was marvelous thinking, and you know, and and you know, and here she is, and you know, and the way Joe writes, I love how she she writes so vividly, and 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 just with the choice words. I mean, you can see the bus going by, and you could. <laughs> A group of merry pub goers is, you know, and then, it's, then they realize they're kind of looking at Harry and Ron who were sporting those fancy yeah, robes and, and like, maybe. I like when they're yelling yeah, like, it's ginger, honey. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and have a point. Love it. And then we, then we, then we discover the secret of Hermione's Mary Poppins handbag. Yes. Yes. The Mary Poppins bag. I love that. I mean, I just love the way it's like she, 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 she hears a crash. It's like, oh, damn, that'll be the books. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. stacked them, I stacked them by subject. I mean, they didn't topple over until now in the massive rush. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. Flinging over, but just at that point. And it was. I did. I mean, weren't you, did you guys not flash to Mary Poppins? I mean, I did. I totally. I don't know. Maybe it's just Disney freaking me. But I just I just that endeared me. I just was so I, I remember just grinning when I read that. Just like, oh, yeah. look. But oh, so they change their clothes, and that's so. I mean, you know, but I, I, I it's so Ron because later on, here's Hermione who had thought about all these things, and, and then he complains, Hermione, you packed the wrong yeah. jeans. I mean, oh. and she's like, oh, gee, sorry that I just saved all your sorry lives, but your pants are too tight. Like, yeah, let me get out my teeny teeny violin. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. <laughs> and I love like the acerbic like grow. I mean, I mean. Literally, they're in this horrible situation. They've they've just left the place where they don't yeah. know if people are being tortured, right. killed, exactly. kidnapped. Yeah. What? And now they're in it. I mean, we had this 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 kind of slow build up. They're at the borough, just like always. Everything's kind of calm. They're getting ready for the fight, and in the blink of an eye, yeah, that's it. No more protections. They are on their own. Yeah. And you start to see that there are these three idiot teenagers who don't really kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Quite literally. Flying by the seat of their pants, sort of literally. You know, <laughs> tight emo pants. Right pants. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> tight emo pants. Emo pants. And then they go to that cafe, and I swear, you know, Joe, again, she writes, you know, these shabby all night cafe. I kept like flashing, like, I watched a lot of television growing up, and I always remember that show Flow, like Flow, ca- her cafe and her diner, and I just like a happy days kind of diner. And that's what, just, so I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, ah, here, they've gone to, you know, this cafe, and I just like that waitress is coming up. And what would it be like, you know, here, magical people here with this waitress? I don't know. I just thought it was a cool scene. Yeah. Maybe I'm goofy. Yeah. Did Hermione change her clothes? No, she she had the no. dress on, so. She's still in this giant pink dress? It wasn't pink. Yeah. No, I'm... Lilac. Oh, yeah. lilac. 
if if for those viewers who don't know, and in the American versions of the Scholastic, the artwork, there's a p- p- artwork at the heading of the chapter, and there's Hermione in her beautiful flowing gowns and those guys. And I I, I like that that picture actually. I thought it was cute. So they are running yeah. through downtown London in the robes, <laughs> and there she's yeah. in a big gown, <laughs> little princess gown. <laughs> Pretty cool. So they're in this pub and they don't know right yet. Right. But Hermione is the one. That's right. That says. I think the whole um, taboo is so interesting. I think. And I like the fact that how, in my head, the mechanics of the magic, how it works, it's like after they took Mm -hmm. over the ministry, they had access to the the same type of magic that they did to monitor like underage sorcery, like with the trace. So I think it's a similar, it's a similar spell, but just kind of, yeah. or, or the same means that they tweak it instead of, instead of it being magic being you executed by someone who is underage. It's just the fact that the word Voldemort it's, I guess, because I guess how the trace would work, it'd be kind of like a blanket type of spell in my head. And so, like, then it, you, it, like, it triggers when you do it, when you, like, you know, when you intersect it. And so, like, whenever someone says Voldemort, you'd be like, I just, I don't know. Does that make any, did I make any sense at all? No, totally. It's like, it's like an alarm going off. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like filling a room with laser beams. And if you, if you trip the wrong one. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's just, done. and I really like how the fact that. Like they, that didn't really happen or was even effective until they were, literally took control over the ministry. It just shows right. that like how powerful and how intelligent that was on Voldemort's part. It really was smart because I always thought that the whole name thing would be a big growth moment for Ron when and, it, and that was the purpose of having him hold out from saying the name all these years. But really what it did was protect them because there was one of the three of them that wasn't comfortable with saying the name right. that would this whole time try and convince them not to say the name. And by doing that, it stopped them from saying the name a bunch of times and saved their butts. Yeah. Right. You know, right. I, I thought the payoff would just be that he finally could start saying it in book seven, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think the payoff, just on a side note with the payoff, it was amazing when Harry started calling Voldemort Riddle. That was... Yeah. But that's We're whole so far topic. from talking Sorry. about that. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It, was, it was great. Because Dumbledore called him Tom. And yeah. yeah. It's just like, Harry wouldn't call him Tom. But yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, I get chills just thinking about that moment when they start circling each other. Ah! We're so far away from that. Okay. Yeah. But, but so, okay. Now she has said the word, right? Voldemort. And that's what, what tripped yes. the trigger, right? And I love how they just come strolling in. Yeah. You mean, you think they'd be like apparated all aggressively, but it's, it's cool how they kind of like, maybe it's just how accurate that, that spell is. It's just kind of like, it lets you know, like an area. So they apparate there and they kind of have to like peruse it and kind of feel it out. It's just, yeah, it takes, I mean, they say it, they have a silence. The waitress comes over, Hermione orders, then the workmen show up. Yeah. So they must've, you know, gotten, maybe they have some sort of map or, or something and they have an alert as to exactly where it is and they apparate right near it right nearby and kind of check it out yeah yeah because they, they yeah exactly because did they know what they look like i mean i assumed everybody oh, I would, knew who harry I, I um well I, I think so because well i think they would know that there would be a redhead because of the weasleys mm-hmm. and then maybe possibly hermione's description but for sure harry but harry was under the cloak so maybe right. that's why it, it they didn't right. bust in because they had to kind of investigate and well, they're they looking also, for three people and they only see two right they also sit next to them they hear them saying things like disapparate order mm, muggle true. right 
you know, and then it's only when Hermione goes to look for something. So they look, it looks like she's distracted that they, that they make a moment. So they must've been sitting there kind of spy, like, you know, yeah, waiting for the right moment. And that was it. And unluckily for them, they didn't know that Harry was, was there. Yeah. Was Harry still under the effects of the polyjuice potion? It was starting to wear off when they were sitting there. Okay. Yeah. They, because he, it, he turned his, yeah, it mentions something about on. how, um, how he was still uncomfortable in the fact that his clothes were tighter than normal. Okay. Okay. Or something yeah, to that degree. Yeah. But yeah. it starts dissolving. He, he puts his glasses on. Oh, okay. Um, okay. That's right. When they're sitting there. Right. You know, like that. So that's really neat. So the, then the battle starts, right? And, and what does Ron, again, Ron Weasley, cause I love him. He tries to save Hermione. He like pushes her aside, you know, like when yeah. they're blasted. And I was like, oh, yes. You know? Yeah, and it just misses too. Yeah. You know? But that's his first instinct is to just grab Hermione and pull her down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I love that. I just, oh, it's like, yes. And wait, did, does he get hit or knocked over or he can't get his he, wand? He gets ropes. The, the Yaxley at the Blonde Death Eater. Okay, yeah. Um, he, I think he it's Yaxley. And then, oh, right, right. Yaxley or Roll. And then they, Harry hits him. And then the other guy notices like Harry's wand or the shot. And when he's distracted, Hermione stuns him. Yes. Or yeah. pet, no, she petrifies him. Yeah, because one stunned him. and one's petrifies totalis. Yes. So the, and so now the, the the waitress they had it. I think they had to knock out the waitress too. Stupefied her. Right. Was it stupefied? Did she run out the door? Um, I think she got knocked well, out. She got hit by commotion. a spell, right? Mm. Didn't no. I thought somebody's spell went awry. I forget. Oh, who. I think that's right. I haven't. I yeah, don't. Like I'm boomerang. not too sure, but I think one of um. Yeah, a, I think yeah, someone's stunning spell hits her. Yeah, it went awry. It was like a boomerang effect. He, yeah, I must. I, th- I don't know. Maybe it's Harry. I think it was. But so she because gets, they she's have not to down. modify her memory, right? So she didn't. You know, they have to modify. You know, yes, yes, that's right. Because it was so interesting to me how they are using those basic spells again. They're not trying to bombard you, or you know, the whole cafe to try and fight against these guys they didn't do any cursing things you know it was just like these things and then like you said Herm- hermione used that petrificus totalis just like they use on she used on neville yeah. you know or they did on neville you know i just thought uh, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect in this fight i mean after our first we'd seen earlier when the big death eaters attacked with the seven harry potters before i didn't know what to expect in this fight so i'm reading this and i'm thinking oh you know what's going to happen but and i think the fact that harry was invisible really yeah. did save Ron and Hermione just because oh, yeah. otherwise they would have been shooting to kill because they know he's here. Oh, right. Because it, since there was the question of like, where is he? They needed them alive type of thing. Because otherwise, yeah. why would they bind him? Because like, they're not hesitant to kill some random, you know, blood traitor in mud blood. Right. So. Yeah. True. Maybe though, when you're dealing with people who say Voldemort, even if you don't know who they are, there are people that probably have information about the order, uh, so the orders are not to kill them immediately because you can bring them in and get information. That's that's a very valid point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I forget how "quote unquote" taboo it is because you know us reading, you know, going along like running alongside Harry and the trio for the, for the series. It's just common knowledge, but I think we forget how like like ooh, you said Voldemort, like whoa, back off. Right. Yeah. yeah. But then, and then we get the the Gilderoy Lockhart spell. I, I will forever associate Obliviate with him. <laughs> you well, know? The question right after we read this was whether Hermione really didn't know how to do an Obliviate because she had modified her parents' memories. Mm-hmm. But it, she she erased 
their memories. She didn't, she created new memories for her parents. This was actually like create like erasing what had just happened yeah i think because that was that was a little confusing for me too she's like i've never done it but i know the theory and it's like um what do you mean because like you just and in my head modifying a memory would be so much more complex than just erasing you know what i mean like erasing is just like oh clean sweep but modifying there's so much more subtlety to it it's like you know it's just it's it's like painting rather than like just it's like painting a portrait versus like painting a wall or erasing a portrait versus painting it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. There I mean, you go. So, I mean, that, that probably answers the question of why Hermione can easily do it. You know, even so shaken as she is. Yeah. Well, she's already modified memories. So, but she's got, God, thank God for her. Like, seriously. And, and then the fact, like, yeah, wasn't she the yeah, one that oh, completely was about like them cleaning up the cafe or was that Harry? I think it was, um, Harry. Yeah. yeah. Said, that was smart too. You know, they, you know, don't you think they might wonder what's happened if they wake up and find themselves in a place that, bo- that looks like it's just been bombed? Yeah. So, you know, even in these situations, Harry with his dark, dark humor. Yeah. <laughs> but that was so smart yeah, so thinking. They, they decide. Yeah. But that I'm was, sorry? that was a cool scene though. I mean, that was just smart and he was thinking on his feet, you know, finally, here we go. Harry's got to, you react and. You know? Thank you, Harry. Yeah. No, no. It's. I mean, they, they they still are a couple of idiots who don't know really know what they're doing. But at least in the defensive situations, they're a little yeah. they're prepared. Well, they have decent <laughs> instincts, and that's it's interesting. Yeah. You know, because like they're so ill prepared. Well, on that note, they are about to go off to Grimald Place, and yes. we will pick this up next week. Ooh, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. Cool. Hang on for the cannon conundrum. We'll disapparate oh, over there. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? Why are you making that noise, Melissa Nelly? <laughs> I can't hear you, Suze. What? Hello? Sorry, you were breaking up. What'd you say? I said, why are you making that noise, Melissa Nelly? You should tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> because we have found a name for our... For our lovely John, who's not here. He, he thought that he could just name me Melvin and get away with it. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, I forgot who sent it in, but they said the perfect name. They said we should call him Janice. Dun, dun, dun. Like Janice from Friends, the most annoying <laughs> creature on the face. We apologize if your name is Janice, but as long as you're not like this Janice, like, yeah. oh my, my God. God. Hey. Got Janice. Um... <laughs> That's oh. our John from now on. Janice. Oh, I love it. He's going to hate this. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge is sweet. Revenge tastes good. Okay. Um, we are here for another Canon Conundrums. Frack, you've been practicing how to say it? Canon Conundrums. Wait. They kind of sound like Janice doing it there. That was scary. How does My that? voice cracked. <laughs> I'm apparently 13 years old. <laughs> how does it go again? Do it again. Canon conundrums. Okay. Wait, I'm saying it wrong. You guys say it again. Canon conundrums. You got a little... Canon conundrums. (laughs) Nobody does it like Janet. No. Nobody does. That's so funny. (laughs) It's all falling short. I'm very excited. Okay, the topic of our canon conundrums this week is um, what house was Dolores Umbridge's? And everybody at home is screaming that she was a Slytherin because all bad people are Slytherin, as we know. (sighs) Mm. I didn't ever. And I would like to know why, because we started talking about this, and that's when I said we should do a canon conundrums on this. So, who is it that brought up the subject? Was it you, Frack? Yeah, I I just asked you guys because I was. We were talking about 
at actors or something and then I remember that I went to that Fidum gallery in LA about the, with the costumes and her costume was there and I sent you guys the picture and then I was like what house do you guys think Umbridge was in and I always myself always assumed for some reason that she was Ravenclaw just because she just seems like someone so kind of by the books and just and she's pretty creative when it comes to her the way she enforces her her skewed opinions and I don't know I just I guess it makes a lot of sense if she's Slytherin because she's ambitious but in my head it's just I guess it just seems kind of cliche because like oh all bad people are Slytherin it's like no Peter Pettigrew he was a he was a Gryffindor you know and it's like yeah. I think they're I don't know and they're good they're a good Slytherin out there there are good Slytherins. They did. They did. Like Joe said, they came back at the end. Yeah, it, in the battle. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Slughorn coming what? back. Slughorn. Yeah, with all the. She said that they went to go get help. Yeah, <laughs> they went and got help and came back. Reinforced. They're not stupid. So, but they're... <laughs> right. <laughs> but but I don't know, Sue. You were saying that that mm-hmm. that somebody was telling you that she was a Gryffindor. Yeah. Now I had a very interesting conversation with someone who is quite dedicated to. Um, Umbridge and 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 this was actually a very good conversation and the assertion was that no Umbridge was actually she thought that the Umbridge was a Gryffindor hmm. and I find and the more I listened to it the more I gave it some credence and here was her thinking was that this woman is very brave and very true and dedicated to what her beliefs were and she worked very hard to to maintain her adherence to the rules and she stayed true and she was brave enough to stay true to those principles even though she knew that she had to be aware of a public opinion her students were against it and yet she stood up to it and she stood up for what she believed in and she believed in those rules of the ministry and by those principles that in that sense made her she was Gryffindor in that sense she was not backing away from it she took courage and believing in following her misguided in my opinion but yeah. her beliefs and and that you know and that sort took a certain amount of bravery that this character was very strong very driven and so you can see that you could add, put those attributes yeah, she's very bold she is very bold yes she is and she's certainly not shy mm. in going after what she believes in she didn't hesitate to play by the rules at her point as she worked her way through up in the ministry you learned her background but then when she got into power she stuck to it she actively, aggressively sought to implement her policies and her beliefs. And she did not back down at all. And I, you know, that this is a very strong character. And I thought, you know, that's kind of interesting. You know, what do you guys think about that? I I mean, there's bravery there. I'm still, I know I just said, like, not every bad person is Slytherin. Not every bad person is Slytherin. But I really believe that she's a Slytherin. Because everything is to maintain what she needs she needs order she needs to be in good with the ministry of magic she needs to advance in her job it's what she wants and she does whatever it takes Mm. she was about to crucio harry for information right yeah but can i ask you though she is wanting to maintain order and you don't and again this is a stereotypical do slytherins really want to have the rules enforced see 
like I can see and what honestly I feel kind of stupid not stupid but just like I never considered her like it never I never really like I guess as reading the books and stuff it's one of those things I never addressed consciously so I always subconsciously assumed she was uh, a Ravenclaw that when you say Slytherin it was kind of like oh it makes sense because like it's in, in my from what I get from when I read this character it's not that she wants order it's just that this order quote unquote is her is her mantle for power yeah, yeah. like and yeah. she wants that control and she wants that that type of power and so she she feels it by saying that she's maintaining this quote unquote order or or whatever but I I I do see your your point because it is interesting because like she is it's just like so she's sincere whether the fact that she's wrong you know it, is you know she's sincerely wrong but I like how you said that she's sincere but she's sincerely wrong. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's a good distinction. I heard that in an argument before, and I always remember. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's like I think power, like what you said, power is the key thing. Slytherins. What we know of Slytherin, the, the defining characteristic is a lust for power. and For Slytherin, yeah. See, I guess for me, I, when I think about it too, it's just kind of like the whole um, the issue mm-hmm. that we sort – like when when Dumbledore said that we may sort too soon. How – like, you know, mm-hmm. like look how brave um, Snape was. You know what I mean? And how like, you know, I, I, I can just see – her as this young woman and this young girl going to school, just being studious, going through it, like just knowing the rules, knowing what she thinks is the way things supposed to be, and just kind of like main, getting the grades and whatnot, mm-hmm. and then seeing other people, like I, this is how I see her character develop, like seeing other people get ahead or make by without doing all the hard work that she did, mm-hmm. and being frustrated at that, like they didn't do it the right way, they didn't do it this way, and then slowly and surely it just festers into this like instead of the right way, they're not doing it my way, da da da, and then so a means to correct this would be this this you know this power hungry struggle of just taking on, you know I think the ambition was. I always assumed that the ambition was a fruit of the fact that doing it the way she wants. And so that was just a vehicle for that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I want to correct something I just said or just amend something I just said. I said the defining characteristic of a Slytherin was a lust for power. That's not true. That's a defining characteristic of a Voldemort follower <laughs> is a lust for yeah. power. It's really ambition, which there's, you know, there's, there's shades and yeah. nuances. And I think, yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think she probably was kind of, um, very rule oriented mm-hmm. growing mm-hmm. up and it, it it compounded and compounded and she saw her own advancement but I still I still think it's her advancement it's what she was worried about yeah you know? do you really I mean I just I saw her more I, you know, and I believe that she is a power hungry person but I, she tried to serve Fudge and then she was trying to serve the powers that be when she took, uh, you know, her control in, in Deathly Hallows. And I don't know hmm. if I see it so much as her personal glory, like Vol- in, in Voldemort's sense of seeking personal glory. I don't know. I mean, I, I personally believe that she was a Slytherin. That's my personal. Yeah. But I, I think that there's some merit, though, that she was. Uh, you have to, if I stand back and, I, and you give your enemies credit where credit is due, she is a crafty, fortuitous, or not fortuitous, but just yeah. strode a, a lot of, uh, you know, dedication to what her and pr- pursued her, her goals and her dreams and her beliefs. And I, But I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. But see, this is this. 
I'm not this, but this see this is the difference for me. Mm-hmm. Her goals and her dreams and her beliefs we can't really discern because in book five mm. it was all about the ministry's goals right. and dreams and beliefs. She was towing the ministry line. In book seven, Voldemort's in charge of the ministry, whole different belief system behind it. Eh, who cares? I'm still in power. Yeah, see mm-hmm. that's that that I was gonna bring that up too. Because mm-hmm. it's like in it's just like her position's a vehicle for power. And it's just, it's one of those things, I think it's really illustrated in, in the seventh one, because if she was so dedicated to fudge, because she, you, you get this like thing that she's a little infatuation with fudge, I mm-hmm. think that's just a great way, she, she's a name dropper, she could care less mm-hmm. about fudge as a person, he's yeah. the minister, he's a source of power, he's, he's the name that she's going to drop, like, oh, fudge this, fudge that, yeah. and so... Now that Voldemort's in charge, you know, it's just one of those things that, like, she doesn't care because she still has... And she went even so far as to to make up, like, you know, with the whole locket. Like, oh, I'm this, you know, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean... It was intentional, too. It wasn't like, oh, it just happened. It's like, no, you know what you were doing. Right. And so that just makes me think she's so clever. Oh, yeah. But that whole complete change of everything in, in book seven was really defining of her for me because she went from really, I mean, in her twisted way trying to keep peace mm-hmm. to really actively agitating innocent people yeah um you know and, it, and it's 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 a subtle change but she showed she showed no no difference at all no no sense that she was happy that she was not happy or that or that she wasn't just as perfectly happy to do this because this is what the the ruling administration says yeah. as that because what you know so it's 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 like whoever's in power i will blindly follow and i mm-hmm. i kind of think that that says to her that she'll get benefit from it yeah. which means that she's trying that she's being slither and, and, and you know, you know I, this is what I, my belief is i was struck by this and and perhaps i shouldn't open this can of words but i'm going to say this anyway i really <laughs> found that her behavior in deathly hallows was very reflective of some of the people that served in the nazi army Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, yeah. And, and I just was really following orders. You know the whole the the registry, everything. It was oh god! And yeah. I thought she and really just... embodied that, and that did her. And you were talking, fracking, and I thought it really reflective of like her psychology. You know, is that she, her need for this order and this control, and it just got warped along the way, it got misconstrued, and just mutated into this. And it's horrible behavior. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's just also brilliant that she's described like a like like a frog-like or toad-like creature because she's a toady. She's a born toady. She toes the line. She follows the orders. She does what people in power are telling her to do. As long as she has her position, she doesn't care what she has to do to maintain it. You know, can I ask you this? You were talking about the locket, but can I ask you, why do you think she wanted Moody's eye? And I know that's this is a very uncomfortable subject, but, but did she seek him as a trophy of her enemy? Is that why she had that? Isn't it, wasn't that gross, though? Yeah. Just as a side note, yeah. disgusting. See, I want to know how she got it. Me too. Because that is freaky. I'm sorry. Like, the fact that, you know, like, the area body, she's like, oh, let me pick apart this body before you take it, you know? And, like, and who did she know that, like, you know, isn't there, like, a morgue section? Like, you wouldn't think that she would deal with this. Well, I, th- I think the purpose of, of having it there was to give a little 1984 Orwellian vibe to what was happening in the ministry, to give the people working on those pamphlets the idea that they're always being watched and to give her a way to watch them without having to be out there. Yeah, and it's just like the the constant fear of like right. she could be watching right now, we don't know. And like and it just it mm-hmm. really shows her character 
too on a whole other level, like we were talking about, you know, the, the ministry under control. Like that's a whole le- another level of you know of just sickness. The fact that you know you're using a someone's body part just to, you know, oh, just on my door, you know, just you know, so I can see what the people are doing. It really, I mean, if you it really strongly that in 1984 they they get caught when this eye moves in a painting and mm-hmm. it's it's literally what happens. There's an eye watching them and it's mm-hmm. and it's so it's so remin- and it's just that that super super uber controlling mm. of nature of people of everybody's lives and like that seems to represent her. She wants to to control everything if it's not under her control yeah. something's wrong she's got to fix it so, I, and I, I just i think it's maybe that's hufflepuff characteristic huh? it's, well, it's what maybe that's a hufflepuff characteristic <laughs> Sue's mad at me now no but you know what i did want to th- this is another thing about her though do you think though she was not was she actively a death eater no, no. i don't think she's a death eater just like i think they even mentioned that in the books there are different types of evil yeah i think like you said like not everyone's a no like sue said i think it's she's one of those people who worked in the Nazi regime, but wasn't out there bringing people mm-hmm. into concentration right. camps herself. You know, she was trying them, yeah. and but <laughs> just as a, just as effective and just as, as right. deadly, but just subtle enough where they can like lie to themselves that like, oh no, or it's just smart to so, like if something happens. You know, like if, like if Voldemort's downfall, like we don't know what Umbridge is after Voldemort. You know, you know she can't be that high defeated. up. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just thought of this. She can't be that high up because if Voldemort ever saw that. Locket on her throat. He would have a he would have a conniption fit. Oh my gosh, that is such a good point. I just realized that right now. Wow, that would have yeah. been an amazing little. She would have been dead. So she thinks she's walking around with this trophy of her status, and she doesn't yeah. realize that it's a target. Oh wow, that brings such a whole new le- more level to her character too. Because like, yeah. if you were to ask her, she would probably think she is just like the bee's knees, the ish. You know, she's like the thing, and then the fact that she's. <laughs> brazenly just wearing this this thing that could just get her killed on the you know? spot. Wow, that's such a good point. And, and isn't it also indicative, too, that Voldemort would never no. deign to bother to look at these people that serve him like that? Yeah. You know? I didn't, they do mention the fact that he's not in there running the ministry because mm-hmm. it lets him mm-hmm. have puppets. And like that just mm-hmm. illustrates even more so. Because I think... That's in that book, right? When they talk about how, like, why doesn't he just run the ministry? He's like, why would he? He's, he's running the ministry now. He has his puppet doing it. He, he can go around and do what he needs to do. Right. Why does he want to be a politician? Yeah. You know? And then, mm-hmm. and then if he was, then he would be subjecting himself to the, the idea from people that they elected him. <laughs> you know? Which, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't... Yeah. And then... Yeah. It's what's t- uh, going back to the locket real quick. It's interesting. Is like, look how how at home that locket must have been. Because mm-hmm. you know it didn't it didn't try at all to to you know like you know when Harry, Ron, and Hermione, mm-hmm. it knew you know that something was up and something was awry, <laughs> and so it was it, it was like it was oppressing mm-hmm. them as individuals yeah, and kind like of her. affecting them, but. It just it isn't. Ew, it just it's such a, a whole new. It's like interesting it point is. to her character that it found a home. It is on, like a home in the heart breast. of evil, like in Tolkien in the Ring. You know, in the presence of evil, it was happy. But you know, here was when it was with Frodo. You know, sensed the goodness and was fighting against it and tried to corrupt it. But that's that's yeah. that's a very good point. He was found Do that you know home. That, that might also speak to her being a true Slytherin. Yeah, sort of like pulling the Gryffindor sword out of the hat. You know, yeah. hanging out with Slytherin yeah. heirs. Yeah. You know. Soul, and yeah. he's not objecting. <laughs> they can pull the locket out of the hat. 
going to be funny when they're sorting Slytherins. All of a sudden, the locket just falls around their neck. You're like, yeah. dang it, it keeps happening. <laughs> <laughs> Was your grandfather perhaps an evil overlord? <laughs> but you know what? That's actually a very, very, th- I, I think that's actually really positive, probable point that it is familiar or comfortable around that, that Slytherin. Thing. That's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm, I think you guys convinced me. I think this canon conundrums was conclusive, valid. Because honestly, I was big on the like. I would, I would have been kind of gun ho. Like, no, I just I think she's a, a Ravenclaw. But I think that's a very interesting point. That locket thing. Yeah, but there's there's some. That's the thing about these characters though. That Joe writes these that that they're not completely black and white. They're not, and that's great because that's how people that are too. Different. Yeah, it is, and that's why you know you can relate to these char- these things so much more. Because I mean, these, there are characteristics that you can can find in in, in okay, you know, so everybody. Yeah, okay. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, Sue. I'm sorry. I no, it's excited. fine. I'm just rambling. I got excited. I'm done. Um, okay, but someone. This is kind of a side note, but someone who I do think is a Raven call is Trelawney. Hmm. Wow. I can do this for next week. <laughs> that would be. You know, I, I I actually think she's a Hufflepuff. Okay, oh. okay. No, we should do a whole series on like 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 side characters and what houses. Unsorted, like a sorting series. A sorting series. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. Let's do it. Let's I like it. it. All right. So we will see you guys at the drums. Welcome to Scribby 5, the five-minute podcast of the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay project, Scribulous. I'm Erin Arcathios, and with me today are Laura, or Music Cows. Hello. And Beth, or Looney Love. Hey, guys. So, we've got a really great essay today. The author has really done her research, and I think she's on to something. What did she write about, Laura? Making a horcrux. That's awful. Ew. We can't cover something like that on the air, Laura. No, no. I think it's okay, Beth. She doesn't, you know, like, give the spell or go into grotesque ritual or anything like that. Actually, she talks about sin. Oh, you're talking about The Peasant, The Tramp, and Hepzibah Smith, a Horcrux case study by Wagga Wagga Werewolf in issue 22, aren't you, Laura? Yeah. It's all right. That essay is mostly about why Lord Voldemort decided to kill the people he killed for each of his horcruxes. And boy, I think it's complicated. Jo knows just who he killed and said so in an interview. She said, the diary was Moni Myrtle, the cup, Hepzibah Smith, the locket, a muggle tramp, Nagini was Bertha Jorkins, the diadem, an Albanian peasant, the ring was Tom Riddle Sr., and Dumbledore said that he thinks that these deaths are significant to Voldemort, that Voldemort seems to have reserved the process of making horcruxes for particularly significant deaths. So why then does Joe say a muggle tramp or an Albanian peasant? I mean, peasant? Yeah, they're kind of weird words. No one really uses those nowadays. Right. It's just odd. And that's what the author noticed. And she works hard to piece together why each victim had to be who it was. Ah, Erin, you love these complex essays. But how complicated is sin, really? I mean, this essay links each horcrux clearly with one of the seven deadly sins. And Pope Gregory the Great outlined them for us, like, a thousand years ago and all. So it's really as simple as that. Oh, I get it, Laura. Um, That does make it easier. But doesn't it seem almost too much of a coincidence that there are seven deadly sins and seven horcruxes? Well, there are seven if you count Harry. Are the victims supposed to be related to the sins? 
Well, that's what this author thinks. And Laura, I don't think it's, it's simple at all. Not when you consider that it's not just the victims to be considered, but also the vessel for the Horcrux and the vanquisher. And sometimes even external features of the story that center around each Horcrux are related to the sin. It's really quite amazing. That's pretty awesome, Erin. What was your favorite connection? Oh, it was definitely the diary crux. It never occurred to me how much lust there is in that entire sequence of events associated with Chamber of Secrets. Uh, First of all, Moaning Myrtle. Ever thought about her name a little differently? (laughs) (laughs) She does seem to like the boys, doesn't she? We see it with both Harry and Draco later in the series. But then again, who wouldn't love Draco and Harry? True. What am I saying? I do not like Draco. (laughs) Sure you don't. (laughs) I do. Laura, you're getting me all confused. That's the plan, Erin. But anyway, there's more, though. The fact that, that a diary is a little black book and the fact that Gilderoy Lockhart is all about valentines and love letters and poor Ginny's interest in Harry, it does all tie together very nicely. But I don't totally get it, Erin. I I do get that the diary crux is associated with the sin of lust, but why? Right. I think that's the most speculative part. Wagga Wagga believes that it is possible, whether he knows it or not, that the soul-tearing event occurs when Lord Voldemort outdoes his victims in the sin that he recognizes in them. So, for example, when he sees his father as hating his mother, the sin of anger, he goes on to kill his father in his own greater anger. Or when he sees Hepzibah as greedy for hoarding Hogwarts founder's treasures, he goes ahead to kill her so he can take them from her. Okay, I get it now. Um, He creates a horror crux when he's guiltier of a specific sin than his victim. Wow, Erin, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and the most interesting part might be the Harry Crux. Wagga Wagga suggests that the real reason the Voldemort's soul tore there is not just because it was so unstable, as Joe says, but also because he was showing more arrogance in trying to kill a baby than James Potter was ever guilty of. Oh, so he outdid James in the sin of pride. Yep, and I have to agree with her that there had to be some reason why James was always shown as so dang arrogant. Well, this is better than the movie Seven. I can't wait to read this essay now. Well, Beth, if you want to find out every detail of this theory, then run along to www.scribulous.com and read issue 22. Both essays in our latest issue deal with Horcruxes and we'll be covering the second essay in our next segment. It's called, What is the Crux of a Soul? So, have a good week, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, Frack, I wanted to talk. You were telling us that you went to some showing of costumes of the oh. Heart, or the Phoenix movie. Tell us about that because you found out something really interesting. Yeah, okay. Real quick setup. Every year, I go with a group of friends and we go to. Um, Fidham puts on a show out in LA at their at their LA campus on costumes that from the, the the previous year and they always have the five nominees for best costume for the Academy Awards and they just have um, other you know like notable costumes from the, the last year of cinema and this year I went in and I didn't know Harry Potter was going to be there and so we walk in and when you walk in there's a hallway that has all the pictures like posters of the movies that are going to be represented in in the gallery and so I get all excited because I walk by um, and order the Phoenix poster I'm like yeah and so we go over there and we're walking through we see all the different movies and we get to the um order the phoenix and they have um umbridge's 
like her one of her pink you know things with the little cat button they, they had the cat brooch it was really cool seeing that up close they have tonks they have two death eaters and then they have um sirius's little like blazer and whatnot mm-hmm. and then they have voldemort's robes but what was so crazy about voldemort's robes is i always assumed they were black but they are like bottle green like i mean they are like a very rich emerald green Hmm. Wow. It's kind of amazing. Because like they, they don't look like they could have ever been green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always assumed it was like a like a like a, a matte, very like, you know, black, you know, and just kind of very airy and silky. But like when you see it, it's like it's like bam, green. That's so cool. It's very Slytherin. It does make sense. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it does. I agree. Very cool. Well, no, it's just really, we were, we were talking about it before. I, I never would have guessed that they changed. I want to know if it was conscious so that they could get to the color they saw in the movie or that they really wanted them to be green and then the color palette just changed so that it looks kind of bluish black after all. See, I want to know if, well, yeah, if it, maybe it was something in post they fixed or was it green in the in the end of four? You know, at the end of uh, Goblet of Fire? I don't think so. I, I don't know. It seemed to me, because I remember Fines doing a lot of interviews, and we saw the sketches, and it was all very distinctly black. I mean, he talked yeah. about it being black. I, so I think, and then Goblet of Fire. So, okay. they might have changed. And that makes sense, because they wouldn't show a costume in in this respect if it, was, yeah. if it wasn't made this year, because it's all about the new costumes. I'm just year. thinking, too, when they did all the effects, and in the way that the, the uh, that beautiful, I don't know what you call it, it's like marble or whatever the set was for where they that filmed that mm amazing yeah. battle scene and, and it was actually the very battle. green yeah, so maybe, maybe yeah, the fact very that, green yeah the, since it was so green it just became the, the his robe just blended in it kind of came white noise in a sense and since it was just a darker shade yeah. we just assumed like I know that's what I did I just assumed it was black well, maybe they did have to yeah because I remember thinking that the ministry was so so green it didn't look in, in person and it didn't look that green you know yeah there, I don't know it's really interesting well, that's cool. Um, and Melissa, can I change this? I forgot something to say in the news, and I, I do want to say this. Um, was Rockopedia? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. had their People's Choice Awards, and two songs that were on our Jingle Spells charity album we did um, received winners, and I just thought that was really cool. It was uh, Oh, Christmas Tree? Yes. And then who, who was Christmas, it? Was, um, Christmas with the Weasleys by... Remus Lupins. Yes, yes. So that's really cool. Weasley. You know? You can get that CD on iTunes. Uh, I'm not sending any more out because that was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Last week I when I went to um, the the Wizard Rock show down here in Southern California, um, there was a little one down in, like a couple miles from my house. And then one of the guys, um, who was it? Catch Love. He had um, Jingle Spells out, and it was cool seeing it like you know in person I was like wow it's so cool well here's the thing we keep, we, we are still getting emails about it yeah we are it's making money on iTunes that money is going to, to Booking International we just made a donation I keep having to post it on Leaky I keep forgetting um, because I want to coordinate with Booking when I post so it but cool. um, something related sort of well not really related but I was I had an idea and I just want to know if anybody objects I posted on Pottercast.com this week I'm going to say it say it a few times up until you know the day but I will be taking part in the Avon Walk for Cure uh, 39-mile walk for breast cancer in October. Oh, nice. Um, this came about when a, a friend of, a friend of ours, got, who was my age, got diagnosed with breast cancer. And 
that was uh-huh. like everybody just eyes this, you know. And yeah. I, I'm I'm opening it up for sponsorship, so yeah, nothing to do with Harry Potter, but we have like a captive audience here, and I'd be so silly not to not to say it. So if, if you're if you're interested in in sponsoring the, I'm gonna redirect the address to um, leakynews.com/slash. Melissa Walk. Okay, that's the address. LeakyNews.com slash Melissa Walk will redirect you to um, my Avon page where you can make a donation if you so choose. And I was just thinking that maybe I can do a limited run of the jingle spells and just sell them, um, you know, just for this, just for this purpose in, the, in this one. Well, if you minute. want, I can redo the artwork and do it pink. Oh, that! Look at you, Frack. That'd be cool. I can just, and I mean, that's simple. I can do that quick. But like, if you want to do something, I think it'd be really cool, and there'd be a nice little. You know, incentive. You know, if people want to get the alternate version, yeah. I don't know. You know, that, that's so good because that, that's such an important charity, and uh, we've had staff members who've been affected by breast cancer in in the past, and and, and still, and it's just such a, an affects so many people out there. And I just think that's a wonderful thing. That would be really cool. A pink. Yeah. No, we got a whole team going, and I have to raise eighteen hundred dollars to do it. I put up the, the invitation. Neil in Scotland. Oh yes. Neil in Scotland. Let me just say hello to Neil in Scotland right now. Hi Neil. Within. Hi Neil. Not Joe's husband Neil. Other Neil in Scotland. Other Neil. He raised within five minutes of me putting up the blog post. He had donated two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. That's amazing. Which blew my mind. So thank you. Any, of course, anything is welcome. I have to get the eighteen hundred dollars. Have other team members who are going to get the eight hundred dollars. If you are interested in helping us at one of our local fundraisers, drop me an email, Melissa at the dash leaky or no, Melissa at podcast com. And um, and yeah, thank you very, very, very much in advance for the support. Right, are you going to be baking cookies for one of your sales fundraisers? Uh, sure, I'll bake cookies. Okay. Um, you want to come help me bake? bake I cookies? do. I loved it. I've got a poker nights Ooh. and pasta nights. And pasta! <gasps> I, I will you need pers- a carbo load before your walk. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Nellie's, I will tell you why I will test to this fact. Make awesome pasta. Oh, don't <laughs> talk about food right now. I'm so oh, starving. It's all in the sauce. It's all in the sauce. It's all in the sauce. I wanted them next oh my God. I wanted it next week for my birthday present, but I'm not going to get it. I know your birthday's coming. Shh, but I know, but I wanted that pasta. Should we sing happy birthday? No. I just wanted her mom's pasta. I'm just saying. You will get my mom's pasta. Don't you worry. My pasta's oh. just like so good. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I can get it to Michigan. No. We'll, we'll You're in all the snow. <laughs> Freeze on the way up. Is it freezing up there? Because it's disgusting out here. Oh, it's horrible. I don't think I don't think spring is ever going to come. I think the groundhog is seriously disturbed this <laughs> She's year. She's going to hate me because I was like, oh, it's... I was excited because it was like, oh, it's cool today. It was 68 degrees. Uh-huh. <laughs> Been you in California and John in Florida is just terrible. Is. But at the same time, you know what? We get the same stuff. We get like we get not so hot and hot. That's all we get. The coldest it gets here, maybe is 40. And like then I'm relishing the fact that I can wear a jacket and a scarf at the same time. But and I like to. Shall layer. I get out my tiny violin? <laughs> you what? Shall I get out my tiny violin? Oh, shut up! You <laughs> said should I get out my my tiny violence? I'm like oh, I didn't mean to upset you. <laughs> and I'm like I don't know what tiny violence means. Little That's, punches, little punches, <laughs> little, little punches like that one episode of Friends when she punches her arm, Joey's arm, and he, it hurts him. That was Funky Brewster, by the way. Anyway, track. You, are, you are our friends guru of all time. You really are. 
it's, it's disgusting how much I know about that stupid show. I'm trying to think of a good trivia question, but I don't even have enough knowledge. I mean, I know the show. I love the show, but I don't have enough look of that background. Um, what are what are the three babies' names mm-hmm. that Phoebe gives birth to? <laughs> it is um, Frank Jr. Jr. Chandler, and the third one is um, oh, it, Alice picks it, and it's um, oh, it's the, it's the first girl, girl. huh? Chandler's, Chandler's a girl also? too, yeah, because that was the surprise. <laughs> Chandler's a girl. Chandler's a girl. Oh, dang it! You stumped me. You know what? Give me three or four choices, make some up, and I'll be able. To, I, I think I should to redeem myself. I should be able to distinguish the right one amongst the crowd. Hold on. Okay. Um, Susan, Cassandra, Leslie, or Carol. It's Leslie. It is Leslie. Yeah. You see? There you smile. go. She's the yeah. Okay. All right, frack for the win. Wow. There you go. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, well, this has been your annual, your your annual, your weekly friends cast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. See, that's what's so great about we'll our show. We're tying it back into Wizard Rock. Yeah. When I was subbing two weeks ago, one of my students was wearing a Harry and the Potter shirt, and we had a nice little talk, cool. talk about Harry Potter and the fact that he enjoyed the. You know, he was at a he was at a library, and he just kind of happened across him, and just kind of really fell in love with it, and so. That's tying it back into Harry Potter a little bit. Yeah, it is. Very Did nice. you give him like a free nice. like study hall pass or free hall pass for that? You should have. Yeah, I, uh, well, we talked all period about just different artists we like. So mm-hmm. he was a cool kid. Well, isn't it about those times to keep twiddling? It is. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be Rembrandt. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Keep the faith. Good night. Oh, and about time to. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 